Good evening. <laughs> um, right, let's just get started. Um, there's been a lot of talk about dreams from the pulpit over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it's just because it's a new year. And don't worry about this ringing, he'll sort that out. So. But um, Pete spoke last week, didn't he, on the power of a common dream. I think he spoke in the morning and the evening meeting, the same one. And he talked about, you know, shared our dream about having heaven on earth freely available to everyone here, didn't he? And, um, and then this morning, Kim spoke about... Um, transforming our community and particularly about the dream to influence education by setting up a free school so if you weren't here this morning it's worth catching hold of that because it was excellent wasn't it anyone who was here this morning it was really good wasn't it so um, God's doing some exciting things with us and um, and I want to start by sharing one of my dreams um, which you can be a part of too if you want to um, I hope that's okay with you um, see I have a dream I have a dream <laughs> And um, I, have, I have a dream to transform a nation. <laughs> Sounds big, doesn't it? <laughs> um, it is, but I'm starting to think it's possible. <laughs> um, the nation I've set my sights on is, is one that you may not have even heard of. Um, some of you may have heard of it. And it's a very small island nation, and it's called the Faroe Islands. Ever heard of it? Do you want to bring the next slide up? Where is it? Well, um, <laughs> I quite often, um, well, they, yeah, I'll show you where it is. It's in the middle of the North Atlantic, and you can see it's quite a small nation, 50,000 odd people, um, and it's right up there. It's, it's actually not as cold as you would think it is, bearing in mind how far north it is, because it sits right on the end of the Gulf Stream, so it's actually, the weather's not as bad as you would think. I'm not saying it's warm, <laughs> but it's not that cold. Um, there is snow at the moment. And... Um, a map really doesn't do it justice. So, Phil, do you want to click onto the next slide? Oh, sorry, Ali. Oh, I've got Ali. Hey, thanks, Ali. Um, a map really doesn't do it justice. Um, it's a pretty awesome and awe-inspiring place. Very rugged, very mountainous and beautiful, um, as you can see in the background. It's not always as nice weather as you'll see here, um, as I said. But um, most people, when I say, oh, I'm from the Faroe Islands, they say, oh, is that near Egypt? That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's spelled with an F, not PH, so you can figure that's not the same. And the, uh, the other thing I get is um, about football. If any of you are football fans, the Faroe Islands are quite famous for their football team, who are all um, amateurs, so they've all got other jobs. But uh, in the 1980s, they famously defeated Austria 1-0, and the Austrians fired their coach the next day. And then actually, in about the last, just after the end of summer, I think, they played Greece in a Euro qualifier, and they beat Greece. I think it was 1-0 again. And Greece fired their coach the next day. <laughs> so, so they're kind of famous for, you know, the Faroe Islands don't win very often, but when they do, the opposition fires their coach. <laughs> if you've been at NKCC for any length of time, you probably have heard of the Faroes before because um, I've shared about it previously. And uh, my wife, Joe and I have been going up there and, sh- and working with a church called Philadelphia, which is, um, which is in the capital. If you want to click onto the next slide, Ali. Um, this is the capital... City, sort of city. It's kind of a Bethel definition of a city, isn't it? Everything's a city when they talk about it. Um, if you saw the first slide, there are 19,000 people in Tor Salmon. Um, somewhat less than the 100-odd thousand that you've got in Gravesham, or we've got in Gravesham, so it's, it's, it's quite small. But actually, it feels big when you're there. And um, we've, we've been working in a church called Philadelphia, which is somewhere just to the left of centre there. Somewhere there is their building. It's a nice place. And... Um, Click on, please, Ali. This is my friend, 
Thomas, or Thomas in Faroese. He leads the church, and some of you have met him. Um, he was here a couple of years ago, and uh, he came to, we had a Danny Silk conference. He came along to that, and we had some time together with him, prayed and prophesied over him and they, his daughter, and they came and they had a really good time. And um, he's probably going to come back again later this year because we're going to do another church leaders kind of conference in, in the autumn. Um, and we're very like-minded. Um, Thomas has been to Bethel, and uh, actually he introduced me to Bill Johnson's books. And, um, and he's seen what God's doing there, and he's really hungry for it. And, uh, and he's looking to build kingdom culture, just like we are. You know, um, So he's got a connection with Bethel, but we're a lot nearer. And he's seen that we've got something and that he wants to put in his church too. So he really wants to work with us to do that. And, um, and I really feel like despite their small size and their geographical location, um, God really wants to do something significant on the world stage with the Faroe Islands. Isn't that just like God to use the small, the despised, the, I'm not there, they're not, they're not despised, but by, by some maybe, but, but uh, you know, the, the things that you think are insignificant to do something massive and significant. And I just believe that. Donna actually prophesied something over us when we went last time that really blew me away because it resonated with what God had been saying to me, just about how God wants to use them and not to look at themselves as small. And so I, I just want to go and be part of that really. And, um, I want to go in there and I want to pour in the goodness of God and I want to see the gold that comes out of them. You know, that's my dream. Um, and we've seen, we've seen God do some amazing stuff there already. I mean, Thomas was completely healed of cancer some years back. It was quite a far advanced cancer. Um, we weren't there for that, but, you know, but we've seen healings ourselves. So if you could go to the next slide, Ali. We, well, last time we were there, Eric and Candace Johnson came over from Bethel and ran a conference. And, and we saw a lady with really bad lower back pain, and she was kind of frightened to bend down just to pick a pen up. She was so, you know, in so much pain. And, uh, and we just prayed for her, and we saw, she said she felt like heat in her back, and God just came and completely healed her just then and there. It was amazing. And I've never been part of something quite so, you know, instant and powerful before. It was really amazing. So it was really good. Um, so we've been up there and preached a couple of times at Philadelphia, and it's gone really well. We've had some impact. But um, we want to go further because one or two people can, can have a, an impact. You know, we can preach. But you, you can't change the culture of a place with one or two people, you know, or by him coming here and just visiting us. He can't change the culture of his church. So, so you know, for one person, that's, even if you're really good at it, like Danny Silk, <laughs> one person can't change the culture of a place. You know, you've, it's got to be a collective thing. You need to hang out with people who live in that culture, don't you? And it rubs off because... And so to do that, you need lots of people, you know. And so our, our dream actually is is to take a whole team of people up there. And I've been talking to Thomas about this on the phone in the last couple of weeks. So we're, we're looking and making actively making a plan to take a team of people up there in May this year. Um, and we're going to go up there. We're going to do. I think we, what we're going to do is is just hang out with them in a big group and do a kind of do some kind of course, maybe something like a version of Firestarters, which is really good because it, it gets you together doing stuff together. It's all about activation, and, it, and, it, and it's really fun to do together, and, and you, you, you rub off on one another while you're doing it. I mean, I just did fire starters. I recommend it if you haven't done it. It's really good. So that's what we want to do. Um, and I think God wants to create there a church that stands out a bit like we do, because, because of his presence and because of the freedom that that brings. Right? And... and, and and he wants to build a church that demonstrates the goodness of God. Because that, 
the pharaohs needs that. They have a lot of churches, but the, this is radically different to what they experience. And so I think that's really going to stand out. And it's, I really believe that is going to change a nation. And I want to be part of that. And I think we've all got an opportunity to be part of it, you know. Um, there's a, an, an old New Frontiers guy called Mick Frisbee, some of you might know him. And he said, everybody has to be involved in mission, but you don't all do the same thing. So you either pray or you pay or you pack which I thought was really good. I've just, just stuck with me ever since. He taught us that years ago. So you can pray for it. You can fund it, actually. If, so there might be some people that can't. It's quite expensive to fly there. There might be some people that want to come on the team who can't afford to. So if you want to kind of help them, come along and you know, get involved. Or you might want to pack. You might want to come with us. We're going to have a really good time. The Ferris is a beautiful place, as you've seen. They've got a rich culture. They have really creative people. For, for 50,000 people, they produce a massive amount of creative output. They're all artists, musicians, and, and stuff like that. It's, qu- it's quite amazing. And their culture is really, really strong. For a very small group of people, they have a very distinct culture. Although they're part of Denmark, they're nothing like Denmark. They're very distinct themselves. They have their own language, they have their own culture, and it's an, it's an amazing place. So I really recommend it. If you're interested in coming along on that, let me know, and we'll, we'll let you know more as we, as we get closer to what we're actually going to do and when we're actually going to do it. If, you, if, you're, if, if you're excited by that, Come and have a chat with me, okay? Now, if you want to transform a nation, you have to be transformed. And that's what I want to talk about this evening. So if you've got a Bible with you and you like doing that, or an iPod, whatever, um, turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, or you can follow the slides. Um, It says in Romans 18, creation is groaning in anticipation, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And it talks about the glory that will be revealed in us. And there's something awesome coming that we are all called to be a part of. (sighs) So we've been encountering God at NKCC for many years. I've been part of this church since 1994, when the Toronto blessing first broke out. And we've been encountering his presence ever since, really, quite consistently. And, and this church has always prioritised encountering God above other things. You know, that's something we've, we've, we've built ourselves on. But this last year, I've seen something different. I think God's been releasing transformational glory encounters. And when I, I first shared a version of this message here on a Sunday morning in July, um, and I kind of made that as a declaration in faith. But actually, that declaration is turning from a declaration into an observation. Right, And I'm starting to see it happening. He's actually been doing this. Particularly, he's been doing it in the evening meetings, I think. I really feel there's been a sense of glory here that I haven't experienced in the morning meetings. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's just he wants to launch it well. (laughs) But um, there's something about these meetings. And I'm not the only person that said that. So so let's be expectant for more tonight, shall we? Yeah? It's good. I like this. Keep the amens coming. That's good. It's a bit lonely up here otherwise. (laughs) I remember being in, in worship. <laughs> I remember being in worship some time ago, and we were singing a song, and it had the words, "There is no one like you in it." David Crowder one. Yeah? There is no one like you. So I'm singing this, and, and God just pops into my head. Yes, there is. You're like me. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was kind of, you know, surely not I, Lord. <laughs> it was a bit. Kind of <laughs> no, you're like me, and um, don't. I hope I don't spoil that song for you. <laughs> Because I do quite like it myself. And actually, it's okay. It's perfectly correct to sing that. And, and, and I'll explain that a bit better later. But, uh, so so don't, don't, get, don't let me ruin that song. 
Um, so this verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18, let's go there. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. Right? So that's where I'm going tonight. God is transforming us into his likeness. We are becoming more like Jesus. Um, Phil, would you mind bringing my bottle of water down? Because I left it up there. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the idea that being a Christian is about becoming like Jesus. I mean, I've been learning that since I've been a Christian, you know, since August 94 when I became a Christian. People have been teaching me, it's you're, 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 you're supposed to become like Jesus when you become a Christian. Um, but just stop and think and ask yourself some questions. What does it actually mean to be in his likeness? What does it mean? By in his likeness, into his transformed into his likeness. You know, are you going to look like him? <laughs> you have a kind of beard, ladies. <laughs> I t- what does it actually mean? <laughs> do you honestly think of yourself as being like Jesus? Honestly, do you really think of yourself as being like Jesus? Because I actually struggled with that. How much do you think you're like him? Do you think you're a little bit like him? Uh, quite a bit, a lot. Are you just like him? Because um, I want to make a an assertion that you are more like Jesus than you think you are, even if you think you're a lot like him. What I want to do this is, is, is suggest that you are more like Jesus than you think you are. The goal of this message is to shift our perspective on this passage and bring us into a greater understanding of who we are in Christ. Okay, So let's start at the beginning. Next slide, please, Ali. Uh, Genesis 1, 26, 27. It says... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. I love that the Trinity is there right at the beginning of Genesis. Yeah? In our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So it was always God's intention to make mankind to be like him from the beginning. Okay? See, God's intention and purpose for man was, if you click again, please, Ali, God and man together in relationship, okay, man being like God, ruling and reigning in creation, like God's representative on earth. And that's the tragedy of Satan's deception, because he said, if you eat this, you will be like God. And the truth is, they already were. It's dreadfully sad, isn't it, right? So... They turned away from God's intention and marred the image of God, okay? So we turned away from the direction we were going with him. And we're still like him, they're still like him in some ways, okay? So, so we're still capable of relationship. We're still capable of creativity. We're still capable of love and compassion and lots of other ways. So, so you know, this kind of talk of all the loss being horrible and bitter and nasty it's not true is it everybody's got a bit of the image of god still in them it's just marred by the fall okay but it's still in there so uh, but but what's happened is the image of god has been distorted by sin okay we've become slaves to sin and our purpose to reign with him is lost because we turned away from it okay and we were destined to die for the first time so actually that is what god said isn't it when you eat this you'll you'll surely die and that was truth so but, but God had a plan, okay? You go to the next slide, Ali. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. It says this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Go, go ahead again, please. So this marred image of God we call the old self. 
And it's referred to as having a sinful nature because it is addicted to sin and it cannot get free on its own. But on the cross, go again, Ali, the old person dies, right? The old has gone and, um, and a new person is born. The new has come. So Ephesians says we are raised up with Christ. And that person has a new nature. Okay, so we're a brand new person with a new nature. We're no longer sinful. We're now slaves to righteousness. Okay, we, we, our natural bent is to do the right thing to be good because we've been changed. We've been recreated. But when it says we're new creations in Christ, is that the extent of it? I mean, how many of us have reduced that to an understanding that we're just don't prone, we're not just prone to sin anymore? Is there more to it than that? Is that the only difference between the old creation and the new creation? No. That's just the beginning, right? We need to enter into our inheritance. Okay, so you're a new creation. That's a totally brand new person. And that person is, if you want to go, Ali, that person is... Oh, no, go back, sorry. Too far. He's been clicking on without telling me, hasn't he? It's all right. There we go. So that new person is seated with him in heavenly realms. Okay, so that's a restoration of that purpose to rule and reign with him, okay? Isn't it? And Romans talks about reigning in life. So our purpose to to rule and reign with him is restored. The thing is, that new person, when you get born again, looks, sounds, feels quite a lot like the old one. In fact, doesn't feel that different. Maybe some people say more than others, but... But it's easy because of that to get yourself confused. I mean, we can think it's like, well, this process starts, you start with me as I am, and then you change me gradually until I become like him. You know, so we can get ourselves a bit confused. And there's an an apparent contradiction in the scriptures that I've shared here. So one passage says we are a new creation, and another one says we're being transformed. Well, which one is it? Right? It's actually both, it's true. But, but we need to bring some definition. Okay? Well, it must be both because they're both in the Bible, right? But, but, but we need to bring some definition because we need to understand what, what is and what isn't. You see, if you want to click on Ali, some is done, some is process, and some is future. In other words, we have been transformed, we are being transformed, and we will be transformed. Okay? And it's just figuring out which is which. So... If we start with have been, Romans 8.10 says, If Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive. Okay? The bit of you that has been transformed is your spirit has been made alive. Okay? You were spiritually really dead. When you are born again, your spirit is now alive. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so that bit is a done deal. Right? You are spiritually alive. And I'll go into a bit more about what that means later. I'll jump to the bit where he says will be, because it's easier to define, and that is your body. Okay? So I hope, I hope you realise <clears throat> this fine figure of a man <laughs> is not in his final state. <laughs> I rather hope not anyway. For instance, since I became a Christian, I would not say that I've grown more hair. I would certainly say I've grown less hair, or I've lost my hair. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there are other bits about me that I would certainly like to see transformed, and I'm, I'm rather hoping this isn't the, the, the extent of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not vain or anything, but, you know. But um, it says, uh, well, in fact, yeah, even, even Lazarus, when he, the, the kingdom came on him, he was raised to, from the dead, but he still died again, right? Your body's going to die, and your body is decaying, your body is falling apart. <laughs> Hallelujah, it can be changed. But, um, so Romans 8, verse 11 says, He who raised Christ from the dead will also, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So he will give life to your mortal bodies 
Not he has given life, but he will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So you're spiritually alive, but your body is not yet transformed. Okay? And actually says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. This is talking about what happens at the second coming of Christ, isn't it? We will not all sleep, so we won't all die, but we will all be changed. So those of us who are dead will be raised to life in a new body. Those of us who are still alive will be transformed into a new body. Okay? So the bit that is being transformed, you are being transformed. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? You're transformed is the same word as our 2 Corinthians verse, transformed into his likeness, and we'll come back to that. But our mind is being transformed. At the cross, we discover, at the cross, we discovered who Jesus is. We realized that he's the son of God, okay? But the transforming, transformation that follows is all about discovering who we are in him, okay? So at the cross, we discover who he is, and from then on, we start to discover who we are in him, okay? So it's about coming into an increasing realization that you already have been recreated into an entirely new person, okay? Other than your body, the only change left to make is how you see yourself, okay? Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, the good news is, you are a fully-fledged spirit being and you're ready to do great things now. Okay? And you are already powerful. And your mind needs to catch up with that. You are more like Jesus than you think. And you need to enter into your inheritance. We need to enter into our inheritance. I need to do it too. You already have spiritual authority in the heavenly realm, okay? Have a look at this passage in Matthew Matthew 14, 25 to 29. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. How many of us are waiting for Jesus to say come before we will try and attempt the impossible? See, Peter wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit because that happened at Pentecost, which was after this passage was enacted. And he needed Jesus to say come. But we are already seated in heavenly places. We don't need a come because we have a go. Okay. Go into all creation, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Yes, I did skip a bit. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Mark 16, 15, and 17, and 18. So I skipped over a bit, sorry. Um, go is the only word you need. You already have all the authority. Because you're seated in heavenly places. Isn't that good? So can you imagine if a policeman had to call his sergeant every time he wanted to arrest someone? Right? He'd probably get fired quite quickly, wouldn't he? Because he's allowed to do that. He's already got the authority to do it. We don't need to go back to God to say, you know, Lord, if, if, it's, if it's you, call me. We already have a go. We can do it. <laughs> we already have permission to heal the sick, raise the dead, do miraculous signs. In the new creation... The supernatural is factory fitted. Right? 
It's factory fitted. You've got it already. We've got it already. We just need to get our thinking in line with the truth. And if we can do that, we can do amazing things. All right? I was just thinking particularly about healing. If you missed Tim's word on the Sunday morning a few weeks ago, and I was talking to Tim about this yesterday, I thought it was fantastic. Because um, um, he's really good on how this works in the area of healing. Just getting hold of the truth that God wants to use you to heal every sick person you encounter. Every sick person you encounter. Right? I really recommend it. It's, I, I'm, I didn't delete it off my podcast because I'm going to listen to it again because it was that good. Probably, probably more than once because I just need to get that into my head. I need to get more convinced. I need to renew my mind about this. God wants to heal everybody, 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 everybody. You need to renew your mind, right? Everybody. God wants. And Jesus never refused to heal anybody. He never failed to heal anybody who came to him sick. All right. It's, I recommend it anyway. Tim's preached from just just before Christmas, wasn't it, on a Sunday morning? It was, it's excellent. So you need, that's how it works. You see, renew your minds and then step out. Um, go to the next one. This is another picture of the pharaohs. And this is the scene of my failed attempt to walk on water. <laughs> but I tell you what, I am going to do it. Right? Every time I go, this is my home village. Well, that, that's not, that's the sea off the coast of my home village. But I, I just have this dream about going out, walking on the water, and then for people seeing me walking across to that village across there, which is about three kilometers across the water, and that just being something everybody talks about. This guy just walked across the sea. To sell a chair. That is amazing. You know, wouldn't it be amazing? Right? I believe I have the authority to do that. And I'm going to keep on stepping out and getting wet until I do. <laughs> right? Because I'm convinced I am going to do it. I'm getting, my, that is something I really, really want to do. I've tried twice now. <laughs> Third time, maybe? I don't know. But next time I'm back there, I'm going to do it again. And I don't care who's watching and who laughs. <laughs> But, so that's miraculous signs, right? But your authority doesn't just stop there. Have a look at this one. Go on, Ali. Uh, John 20, 21 to 23. This is contentious. <laughs> As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is at um, the Last Supper, Jesus talking to his disciples, right? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them... They are not forgiven. Whoa. Mm. What a responsibility. It's a good point, Phil. You have the authority to forgive sin, sins, right? This seems huge, but it's just being like Jesus. Okay? It reminds me of uh, the story in Matthew about the paralytic guy, you know, on the mat. And they couldn't get in to see him into that building, so they, they climbed up on the roof and they lowered him down in the middle. And then he came, kind of turned around to the guy and said, in front of all the Pharisees, you know, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees were like, what? You can't say that. They were really offended. I have to be honest, when I read that first time, I was slightly offended. I didn't, that's not right for me to be able to forgive sin, surely. And I know there's lots of kind of complications around that. Like, what if I forgive them and Tim doesn't? Who, gets, who, gets, who trumps who? Maybe he's, he's an elder now, so maybe you trump me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Let's, but don't worry about that. I mean, what I want you to get out of this is, is um, you are so much more like Jesus than you think you are. You know, it, it, you have more authority than you thought you did. Right? God's transforming our understanding of what it means to be like Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, how about this? Um, our words are very powerful. Okay, so Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. That's John 6:63. If we are like Jesus, then now that our spirits are alive, okay, our words can also be spirit and they can be life. Okay? So what we say is very powerful. Right? So I just want to talk about the area of declarations. Um, if you want to go to the next slide. So this is, I just want to recommend this teaching. Declarations, again, can be... Again, it can be confusing because I've seen people, I've done it myself, I've seen people praying and then they go from praying to making declarations and it's kind of like, what are you doing when you do that? What's actually happening? Are you saying something to God? Are you saying something to the person? What's, and I think, I think I've understood it now from listening to that and from meditating on this. Prayer is talking to God, right? And also, and also listening to God, actually, if you, if you pray right. But prayer is about conversation with God, okay? Declaration is an expression of the fact that you already have authority to rule and reign on the earth. So it's expressing that rule and, and reign, isn't it? You're, you're, you're speaking out your authority over the situation. So actually, your words can be very powerful, right? So the, and this, there's some really fantastic teaching from Bethel from a couple called Steve and Wendy Backland. I really recommend it. I downloaded it myself. And again, it's one of those I've listened to over and over again because it's really made a difference for me. Um, so God made creation by speaking, right? And in the same way, our words are creative. Okay, so with our words, we can change circumstances. We can tear down strongholds, okay? So, for example, so, uh, Proverbs 18:21, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Okay, and James talks about it as well, doesn't he? When he talks about taming the tongue, he says James three two, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Whoa, That's, the tongue is powerful, right? So what you can do with your tongue is amazing, and you can transform situations, transform lives, transform, create, release, bind, loose. You can do amazing things with with your words. Okay, and we're always doing it anyway. Okay, so something in this, these, these, some of these are potted highlights of this teaching really um we say things like oh i could never do that what is that that is a declaration right and then a negative one you know oh my back is killing me you know is it (laughs) really (laughs) let's be positive and intentional about what we declare yeah and then sometimes this this can feel a little bit kind of awkward or funny we can feel a bit strange about it but actually one thing Wendy teaches is that's the time when you really need to push through on it because that's when you're in a battle. So if there's a situation you need to change and you want to make a declaration but actually you feel a bit stupid or you don't feel right about it or you just feel like you just can't get the words out, actually start using God's word because it's a sword. You're supposed to kill something with it. You love that. It's just, that was, that's, that's her, I nicked it from her. But it's amazing, isn't it? That God's word is a sword. You're meant to kill something with it. Right? It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I really recommend that, and, and that has that has made a difference. You know, like I said earlier, I started out with this word as a declaration. It's becoming an observation because that declaration is becoming reality. You know, it, God is doing something, and He's using us to do it. It's amazing, isn't it? So that's some ways you like Him. I've covered a few. Um, it's a journey of discovery, and it's probably going to be different for every one of us because each one of us has a different part of the body with a different role and different gifts. So there's lots more you can explore in this, I think. It's, you know, like, uh, he, he, God, what's God like? You know, he's compassionate. So maybe your, maybe your gift is to love the unlovable, you know. He's, he's wise, so you have the mind of Christ, right? You can, I, I believe that the ability to solve the world's energy problems, you know, the renewable energy thing. I believe that the, 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 the answer to that is somewhere in God is 
looking to release it to somebody who gets this revelation, I have the mind of Christ and I'm like Jesus. You know, and there are some great testimonies of stuff that's happened before, aren't there? People having chemical formulas just pop into their heads. You know, I, I just think some, something's locked up there in the wisdom of God. You know? Or provision. Donna was talking about provision, wasn't she? God is our provider. If we're like him, we're providers. So we'd like, you know this thing about Joseph anointing? There's a prophecy over this church about the Joseph anointing. That's about being provision for the nations, isn't it? Um, encouragement. What's Holy Spirit like? Well, straight him. And what's Holy Spirit like? Because you're like him, right? Strengthening, encouragement, comfort. That's, that's what holy spirit does when we bring words to people yeah so those things you can grow in because you're like him right whatever god's like you know think of the fruits of the spirit galatians 5 love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control they're all characteristics of what the holy spirit is like fruits of the spirit you can be like those you know just just explore those things for yourself so going going back to our main text hopefully um, we've looked at the first half of the verse we're being transformed into his likeness but actually there's another bit isn't there with ever increasing glory some passages translate that as from one degree of glory to another don't they so how does glory tie into this transformation process I'll just throw out a few more scriptures that might give you some clues or us some clues and hopefully I'll tie it all up um, Ali if you want to go on John 17, 22, 23. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Pardon me, sorry. Um, I in them and you in me. So, and and uh, that's Jesus sharing his glory with his disciples. Jesus shares his glory with us. Okay? And in 2 Peter, it talks about us being partakers of the divine nature, you know, partakers of his glory. Like one with God somehow. So we share in his glory. Okay? Romans 8, 18, 19. I mentioned this at the beginning. Um, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Something big is coming. Alright? Something big is coming through us. That's amazing. So Jesus shares his glory with us and at some stage his glory will be revealed in us for all to see. What will that look like? Does it give you a sense that there's more to this new creation than meets the eye? <laughs> Next one, Ali, please. 1 John 3, 2. Now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. See, John, who wrote this verse, had an encounter with Jesus in the book of Revelation, didn't he? Or written about in the book of Revelation, where he met Jesus in his glory. (laughs) About, I suppose, 18 months ago, I had an encounter with God that really, the thing that started me thinking about all this, and it kind of led to this preach, I suppose. I was was going through one of those periods where you feel a bit distant from God um, and a bit low, it's kind of like you don't really think you've done anything particularly wrong or to distance yourself from God, but somehow you just feel like he's far off and, um, and you can't seem to get close to him wherever you try. Do you, have you ever been through that kind of thing? It just feels a bit of a wilderness thing, you know? And um, So I tried reading the Bible and I, I, uh, I was going through a reading plan on Bible Gateway, I think, and, uh, and I was up to Ezekiel chapter 1. 
And Ezekiel chapter 1, I don't know if you read it, it has some pretty weird stuff in it. <laughs> um, it's like a vision with a storm, with clouds and lightning bolts and, uh, and a bright light at the center and fearsome living creatures appearing in the center of it all. And it didn't really speak to me much. <laughs> but because it was pretty weird, I guess, it just stuck right in my head. I was just like, what's that about? And um, so I went to church that Sunday and I went forward for prayer because we generally have people at the front ministry team for the end of the meeting. So you can go and just ask to be prayed for. And, uh, and so I did that because I just I, know, I knew I needed something from God. So uh, Bola, Caroline, Oral, and Townend just came up and, they, and just, if you ever get prayed for by them, watch it. Because man, <laughs> by the way. Um, they came and just prayed for me and they started to make some declarations over me, clue. And, um, and I began to just feel Holy Spirit coming on me quite, and actually it became quite powerful. And, and he just reminded me of that image of the fearsome living creatures in the Ezekiel passage. And he said to me, this is how you are in the spirit. This is how I see you. You are an awesome being, powerful and mighty. And you're a warrior who travels through my creation in a thunderstorm representing me. And the demons fear you and they flee in your presence. And you carry great power and authority in the spirit. And that was really amazing for me and a bit weird. But it was like a, but it was like a breakthrough moment for me in discovering my true identity and, and realizing how God sees me as far more amazing than I see myself. And, and that really made a difference. It changed the way I see myself as a result. Ever since that time, I've been different. And, um, and still growingly different, actually. It's just that started a process of renewing my mind, you know. Um, so, kind of in preparing this message, I was wondering about whether I should actually even share that. Because it's more of a kind of personal revelation from God, isn't it? You know, and that, that stuff's kind of always a bit warning, warning, you know. Um, <laughs> If I was Chris Vallett and I'd probably say, this is not necessarily the message of our sponsors, you know, it's, <laughs> um, but, but actually it is because I've checked it out with them. Um, but it's not on the level of scripture, is it? So, so I could be treading on dangerous ground if I was to teach you this is how God sees you, or so I thought. But uh, kind of around the time I was first preparing this word, because I shared it in July last year, I was listening to a Bethel podcast and, um, and it was Bill Johnson. And he was teaching on the transfiguration, you know, the Mount of Transfiguration, where um, Peter, James, and John go up the mountain with Jesus, and Jesus is transformed before him, and they see, or transfigured is the word it uses, uh, and they see him in his glory, right? A bit like kind of what I was experiencing or hearing from God. And um, and I've just lost my place in my notes. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. So then... then, um, Bill pointed out that uh, the word transfigured in that passage is actually the same word in Greek as the word transformed in Roman, Romans 12.2, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, can you see where I'm going with this? Um, <laughs> so, and then he turned to the book of Revelation and, and the, the bit where John encounters Jesus in his glory that I was talking about a minute ago. And Jesus is there with his face shining like the sun, the fire blazing in his eyes. And, um, and his feet like burning bronze, glowing like a furnace. And, you know, this amazing encounter. And then and Bill taught that that glorified Christ is a type of the resurrection man, is a picture of the resurrection man. And that, that is our destiny to be like him is to be like that. Our destiny is to be lifted up with him and to be like this, to share in his glory, right? Share in his glory. That says that, doesn't it, in that John, in that John passage. You share, I'll share my glory with you the way you shared your, your father shared your glory with me, you know? 
So I looked up this word transfigured on Bill's say-so, and it's metamorpho, the, Jew, uh, the Jewish word, Greek, uh, Greek word. Um, if you go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's the same word transformed into his likeness. So you could read it, we're being transfigured into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, if you translate it the same way as it is appearing in the Gospels. Okay. So in his glory, we are being transformed into his likeness this glorious likeness. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so this suggests we really are more like Jesus than we, than we think we are, right? Even the glorified, resurrected Jesus. And isn't this what Romans is talking about when it says the glory that will be revealed in us? Eh? That we will be like him, glorious and radiant, sh- radiant shining like the sun. Woo! Huh! Whoa, I'm just going to let that sink in a minute and have a drink. <laughs> so... Now I realise you could an accusation could come out out of this, right? Is this a very people-centred sermon? Am I bigging up mankind and 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 doing down Jesus? I'm not making less of Jesus, okay? Ephesians two that we showed earlier on says we are raised up with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. It's Jesus who is the glorious One, right? And He says, "Come up and be with Me." That's what's happening here. And actually, to deny that is. Is actually a false humility. If we don't move into our inheritance and actually make less of what we make less of what He did for us on the cross, okay? If we don't move into our inheritance, if we don't take hold of what He's giving us, we make less of what He did for us on the cross because He won it for us on the cross, right? Whew. And I'm not you know, saying we're like God is not saying we are equal with God. It's not the same thing, okay? So I had a look. And I ask myself this question, is there any limit to how much we are like Jesus? Is there any way in which we are not like him? Okay, clearly we're not God. But one thing sprung, sprung to mind really, and it's this. If you want to click the next slide, Ali. Acts 10 verse 25, okay. As Peter entered the house, so this is, um, Peter's just had a vision and Cornelius has, God's told, an angel's told Cornelius that a man's going to come and talk to him called Peter. So Peter turns up at the house. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Okay, and Peter made him get up and said, Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> All right, it's, it's worship. God alone is to be worshipped. Okay. <laughs> the next one, if you go on, this is Iconium in the book of Acts. I've cut some bits out to make it. A bit easier to understand. Peter has, no, sorry, Paul has just healed a man who was crippled from birth, okay? Paul and Barnabas turn up at Iconium. Paul just heals a man who was crippled from birth, and they think Paul and Barnabas are the incarnation of the gods, right? So the priest of Zeus wanted to offer sacrifices to them, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you, okay? <laughs> Ali? Accepting worship from others is off limits. <laughs> okay. All right. No worship of us. Worship him. And that's why it's okay to sing there is no one like you, right? That's what I was talking about. Okay. There is no one else who is worthy of our praise. Right. There is no one else who is to be glorified. That's what, that's what I mean when I say it's okay to sing that. Right. <laughs> See, that was Satan's big mistake. He became so taken with his own appearance that he succumbed to pride, the wrong kind of pride. 
And, and he felt he deserved to be worshipped, right? And that's how this whole mess started, okay? And then he sucked us into it, didn't he? With all this stuff we're carrying, the, the, way to get at, the way to avoid that is to remember who it's all for, okay? And the best way to do that is to worship him, okay? That will keep you rooted. That will keep your feet on the ground. <laughs> and so you can carry all this stuff without losing your perspective because you, you get it from him, right? So worship belongs to God. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the key thing. Worship belongs to God, not to us. So there's no one who's worthy of our praise like him. And only he made all this possible, didn't he? Right? Only he went to the cross to, to buy us all these privileges, okay? And, and, and it's only because of what we did that we can be like, uh, what he did, sorry, that, that we can be like him, okay? And actually being like him, worship plays an enormous part in that process. Ali, if you go on. See, it's only through him that we're like this, and in fact through worshipping him we encounter him and we are transformed, because when we worship him we are focusing on what he is like, aren't we? When we come to worship him we are thinking about his amazing qualities his majesty his beauty his power his splendor and that gets our minds fixed on him so it talks about fixing your eyes on jesus doesn't it the author and perfecter of our faith and that's how this comes about we look at him we don't look at ourselves we look at him and we are transformed okay i don't think i even fully understand what's happening when we worship Um, and we were here a few weeks ago I was leading worship with Emily, Tim's wife, and um, I, it was a, it was an amazing time. And there was glory in the room, and the Holy Pres- the Holy Spirit's presence was was so thick on the stage. I don't even know how I managed to stand up, let alone carry on playing a guitar. Was, but but um, in amongst all that, a lady came up to me and came up to Emily afterwards and said there was some stuff going on outside she could see in the heavenlies as we were worshiping, and the glory was coming. There were angels outside and they had weapons. And as we began to lift him up and as we began to praise, those weapons began to glow. You know? See, the battles, the, the, the battles in the Bible are won in worship, aren't they? Think of Jericho, right? They walk around blowing trumpets and they worship God and the walls fall down. Worship is an amazing thing. It is our weapon. Whoa. <laughs> so I don't, think I, I don't think I fully know what's happening when we're worshipping, but I know that there is glory going on and that's a way... To, to, to get more of this, to get your mind renewed. <laughs> That's probably a, a good and fitting place to land this. <laughs> worshipping him, worshipping him who has made us new creations. <laughs> so, you are more like Jesus than you think you are. <laughs> do you want to stand up? Let's just do some stuff. I think um, a couple of responses, three responses. Maybe... Um, let's just get some Holy Spirit actually (sighs) we just worship you the one and only saviour died on the cross for us to win us such an amazing prize and we are understanding more and more of what a prize that is Jesus you are our prize and we get to be like you as well as to get you isn't that amazing we just worship you Jesus you are worthy of our praise (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Maybe you want God to show you more of how he sees you. So just, just receive it now in the Holy Spirit. I'll just, I'll just declare over you the release of transform, transforming glory encounters. 
Holy Spirit, release transforming glory encounters now in Jesus' name. Do it. Do it. Just renew our minds, Jesus. We want to we wanna experience more. We want to understand more. We just pray for more revelation of who we are in you. Just release it. Release as you did for me. Just do it now. Ha. Do it again, Jesus. Just bring us into our full identity. Ha. ha. The sons of glory are being revealed. Come on. Ha. And maybe you're like I was, feeling far from God, and you just need a revelation of his glory. I just declare right now, in Jesus' name, the glory is going to come, and you'll receive revelation. Receive revelation. It may not be the same revelation I had, but I just pray, receive, I just declare revelation now in Jesus' name. A revelation now in Jesus' name for you. And, um, and the other one is the miraculous. I guess maybe you heard that go, but you just need, you need that go to make that 18-inch journey from your head to your heart. You need to, you need to not just hear the go, but you need to know the go. Ha! I do recommend you go and listen to Tim's preach from the other week. But right now, I just declare, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. And these signs will accompany you. I just pray a download now from Daddy. Confidence in who you are in him. Confidence in who you are in him. I just release it now in Jesus' name. (laughs) Do Do you want to make some declarations together? Shall we just start doing that? It's just good to get a bit of practice. Is that all right? Yeah, I mean, sorry. Yeah. So I've got a slide. Oh, yeah, right. Let's just do this, shall we? I am a new creation, a brand new person in Christ. Next one. I have a new nature, and I am no longer prone to sinning. Okay, this is where it gets good. Come on. I have authority and a calling to the miraculous. Hallelujah. I am the gate of heaven and earth. Wherever I go, heaven comes. Come on. Oh. I have the mind of Christ. I am wise in him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last one. I am a partaker of the divine nature. Now, you can do this for yourself, okay? Make declarations about your life. Make declarations about your home. Make declarations about your day. Today is going to be a good day. Do you know what? I woke up this morning feeling like it wasn't going to be a good day. And I made some declarations and it changed it. Today has been a great day. Okay, <laughs> You can do it over your home, your family, your circumstances. And also you can do it over this area. right? Let's declare over this area prosperity. Let's declare the, a change of culture. Let's just, just, just declare the kingdom is going to come. Let's, dis, let's declare the crime statistics will go down. Yeah, let's declare businesses will be blessed. Let's declare the miraculous is going to break out. Yeah, and then go and step out. Step out into healing. Step out into signs and wonders. Go and try and walk across the River Thames. <laughs> no, I think the water, the water's cleaner in the Pharaohs, so I'm choosing there. But <laughs> so that's me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it blesses you. Amen.